Hi, thanks for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. This is Keela Craft Ambrose, and I just wanted to let you know that this week I got to sit down with Christine Kane, and we not only talked about her new book, but we also had a leadership talk. And there were so many great things that were shared, and so I wanted to share it with you on my podcast. I hope you love it. Hey, Christine, thanks for joining us today. And for those that don't know you, can you tell us about what you do? Hey, Killa, it's such an honor to be on the program. And uh, together with my husband, Nick, we oversee the A21 campaign, which is a global anti-trafficking organization. And so we have 15 offices in 13 countries around the world where we help to rescue the victims of uh, sex trafficking, forced labor trafficking. And um, so that keeps us busy, to say the least. I also oversee a women's empowerment movement called Propel, where we help uh, women to realize their passion, their purpose, and their potential, and to really, really help women internalize a leadership identity. And um, I do a lot of uh, speaking and teaching. I have a daily television program, really helping uh, to equip and empower people um, to step up and into their God-given destiny. So there's a bit going on. I've also married to the most ravishing piece of masculine flesh on planet Earth. And so we've been married for 22 years. And I'm a mother to two daughters. I have a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. So it's great. So you have a lot going on. Yeah, you know, you could say that, but I, I'm in my sweet spot, so I kind of love it. I'm, I'm living the dream, you know, just crossed 50, I'm 51 years old, and so I feel like I'm just getting started. And you have a bit of an accent. No, no, this is how the Queen's subjects actually speak <laughs> English. You're in um, America through the tea over uh, the side of the ship in Boston, but some of us are still colonies of uh, the Queen. And so this is, I'm from Australia, Sydney, Australia, born and bred. And um, so, but we live in Southern California now. Amazing. Well, you just also released a new book called Unexpected. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. It's, you know, I wrote Unexpected because, um, as, you know, we live this thing called life and as much as uh, especially those of us that are are leaders we're quite control freaks we love to control everything (laughs) and we just think if we put the right formula in we're going to get the right result out but if you just live and breathe oxygen on this thing called earth there are always going to be unexpected events and uh, the the reason I wrote the book is especially in the last couple of years there have been so many shifts and challenges on a macro level uh, politically economically socially environmentally uh, and you see a lot of fear in people there's a, you know a lot of terror a lot of natural disasters there's just stuff going on uh, continuously and then people have their own challenges um, you know some people thought they're going to be married forever and they're not other people were hoping they might have their own biological children. That's never going to be the case. Uh, I talk about my own um, phone call once when a doctor called me a couple of years ago to say the words, nobody wants to hear, Chris, you have cancer. What do you do when you get an unexpected medical diagnosis, an unexpected relational conflict, um, when just life doesn't happen the way you thought it would? You started a business thinking it was going to go great. Your partner you know, stuck a knife in your back and now you've gone bankrupt. What do you do when the unexpected happens? And... I uh, really unpacked lots of different stories from people that I know in my own life and of course many, many of my own life scenarios to go, anybody that's ever done anything significant in life has always had to overcome adversity, has always had to uh, break through challenges, obstacles and hurdles, there's been no easy rides and that there's always unexpected things that happen but here's the deal and I obviously come from a, a Christian perspective in my own life, I've discovered that 
even when unexpected things happen to me, I can still expect that my God is good, that mm. my God does good, yeah. and he will work all things together for my good. And it sounds like a, a nice little saying, except if you've walked the path that I've walked, you know, I come from a background of uh, 12 years of sexual abuse and I was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted when I was born. I grew up in the poorest zip code in my state. So nobody um, that meets me today expects that that's the kind of past that I had because a lot of young women with my kind of background don't normally end up doing what I'm doing. But I want to show people that although I didn't start good, you could still finish strong. And no matter what unexpected events happen to you, they do not need to define you. And your history does not need to define your destiny, that you can rise up beyond the obstacles and hurdles of your past and step into your God-given destiny. So I'm uh, excited about unexpected because I think you can be anybody at any place in life and any excuse you had for thinking, well, there's a reason why I can't step up and into my purpose or I can't um, elevate my life to another level of leadership because you don't know what happened to me, Christine. This happened or that happened. It was relational. It was emotional. It was spiritual. It was financial. And um, I think there's a story in the book that pertains to everyone. It's like, wow, okay, well, if they could make it, so can I uh, in the midst of all of that. And I also want to uh, there's a couple of chapters in the book very specifically uh, that speak to my own journey of how over 30 years, you know, I started with nothing in the poorest zip code in Sydney, Australia. And today, uh, by God's grace, you know, I'm leading an organization on every continent in the world and seeing great, you know, we received the Mother Teresa Social Justice Award in Mumbai, India. Um, for the work that A21 is doing around the world. I mean, how do you go from growing up in the poorest zip code in your state to standing on a stage where Gandhi's great-grandson is giving you a Mother Teresa Award in India? Well, you know, uh, that's because I have high expectations of God. And so in the book, I, I talk about some of that journey that, you know, you start small, don't despise the days of small beginnings, that your life can continue to grow and increase. And that uh, the thing that I do have is a huge expectation of what God can do with an ordinary life and that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could ever ask, hope or think. And I just think people have uh, too little expectation of God and too small an expectation for what they're able to do in their life. And I truly want to help people step up and into their purpose. And that's really what Unexpected is about. Well, I think it's pretty incredible because I know even for my life, that is such a relevant word. And I know that there are going to be so many people that listen to this and that that's going to touch their life. Just hearing what you have to say about what your book's about. So I would say go get her book if you don't have it. It's everywhere, right? Yeah, everywhere. I think you're going to keep walking into me. And I love it because I'm actually sitting uh, on my very own Vespa on the front cover. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm Greek. And so, you know, we kind of love scooters and Vespas. And so I thought I'm going to do that because it's a bit of an unexpected book cover. So yes, you'll see me in every bookstore. Yes. Amazing. So one of the things that, uh, as you were talking, it just kind of made me think about it. It's interesting, or it just is like an interesting thought to think about how so many times in life in our flesh, we disqualify what we can do or what's possible based on what we see. And we don't factor in the fact that God is 
bigger than any of our problems, bigger than any of our situations. And he's the one that can define and reshape what our life looks like. But so many times we stay in that natural realm of thinking. So we have that natural realm and natural response in our life. And we don't ever get to see the God response because we don't ever give him the power and authority in our life to actually see it work. Absolutely. And you know, the Bible says that our eyes haven't seen, our ears haven't heard, nor has it entered into our hearts the things that God has for us. And so I think a lot of times we put a ceiling on our own life that God never meant to be on there. And um, I'm thinking, you know, some of the greatest achievements by God's grace that um, I've had in my life have come after I'm 50. So it's not even an age thing. You know, when I was your age, um, I was soaring and full of faith and full of energy. But I did wonder whether God could really use someone with a past like mine because my past was so broken and I didn't have any of the right qualifications. I went to the worst school. You know, I, I was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted. I had been abused. And so I really wondered, could God do anything with that? Well, the fact is I just kept doing the next right thing and I kept turning up. And then I just kept starting to say, okay, God, I'm just going to believe you. I don't have much, but you can have my five loaves. You can have my two fishes. It isn't much, but that's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this unnamed, unwanted, abused, adopted chick from the back of Sydney, Australia. And God said, you know what? I'm just going to take your not much and in my hands, it's going to become more than enough. And who, who would have thought that God could take a background like mine. And now I see thousands of people's lives redeemed from, from just the horror of sex trafficking. And, and, and my own abuse and my own brokenness is able, my history is able to give other people a future. So good. And I think that's very powerful. I think that oftentimes we think certain things have disqualified us. Maybe our own mistakes. Maybe we made some poor choices in life. And we think, you know what, that thing has disqualified me. God's never going to be able to use me in the way that, you know, I would want him to. But the truth is there's nothing that you and I can do that's big enough to disqualify us from the purpose of God if we would just keep getting back up and keep having a go. We're not that strong. We're not that powerful. I mean, what would make us think that anything we could do is stronger than God's will and purpose for our life? So I want to just encourage anyone listening to this, even if you think you've blown it and you think that you don't have the capacity uh, to, you think you're a failure you th- and you know, you even look at your own life and go, I made some really poor choices and I know that I did. The good news is that God is a God of redemption and purpose and that you can uh, step up and into what God has for you and your history, even including your own failures and your own mistakes do not need to define your destiny. Yeah, that's so good. One of my favorite quotes that I've read so far in your book, it says, we cannot shrink back in fear and go forward in faith at the same time. And I think that's so powerful because so many times we think, well, I trust God or I'm having faith, but, and then we say, you know, what's not working. (laughs) And it's, it's such an interesting concept that we think we can have this dual lifestyle of faith and fear and we can't. One will cancel out the other every single time. And so I think what fear does, fear cripples you, fear paralyzes you, fear stops you from stepping up and into the purpose of God. And that's why I think the scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear. Sometimes we don't realize that it is a spirit behind fear is a spirit because what it does is it makes you step back so you don't take any risks you don't believe God um, you don't think anything will ever change and it essentially paralyzes and cripples you fear has stopped more destinies than anything else Mm. and so I think in the book I I really talk about that you know you got to drop uh, fear and pick up faith and embrace the future um, because there is so much fear on the earth when you think I think you know you and I are recording this today and yet there's been another school shooting there's been another terrorist attack I mean you just scroll through your phone newsfeed um, by the time anyone listening 
to this uh, podcast on any day is going to there's going to be some other trauma that's happened and the whole purpose of that it's called terrorist attack because it wants to invoke terror yeah. because what terror does is it causes you to pull back and um, that's that's what I see all across the world and so I see even leaders making choices and decisions rooted in fear not in faith you're not going to take any ground if you're just trying to kind of protect what you've got hold on minimize risk not step up you are never going to step into the future that God has for you so you know at 50 I decided to go to grad school I mean who does that you know when um, um, I, because I, I want to be more effective at 60 than I am at 50 um, I'm not going to allow the fear of just different things that are happening in the world. I mean, imagine if I did that, I helped to rescue the victims of human trafficking. Now, there are, uh, you know, drug rings and crime rings and mafia rings that do that. Like if I let my mind spiral out of control, I would think, well, Christine, why are you involved in this kind of uh, work? And so I think no one that has ever done anything significant that's changed the world uh, has bowed down to fear. And so you have to make a decision that I'm going to allow faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you're waiting to see it before you step out in faith to do it, you're never going to do it because it's the evidence of things not seen. And really, if you say, you know, Chris, why'd you write this book? Because I think the enemy is after our faith. And so what you're seeing is people shrink back in fear rather than step out in faith because the devil is after our faith. There is one fight. There's a lot of fights happening on social media. A whole lot of people are wasting a lot of time fighting the wrong battle. I'm like, really? Y'all don't have a life. And um, if you're listening to this as a leader, don't waste your time getting caught up in a whole lot of social media, just gossip and slander and fight. It just wastes your time. Um, but there is a fight worth having, and that's the good fight of faith. And I think what we need to do is stay on track to fight the right f- uh, fight and don't let the enemy have any ground when it comes to faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes. So 51, I'm more full of faith than ever. And I want to keep fighting that fight of faith because it's not about how much I've done in my past. It's about how much more there's still left. If you woke up this morning and there's not a white chalk mark around your body, it means God still has a plan for you. Yes. God still has a purpose for you. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're in front of you. And so I want to encourage people Uh, whether they're just starting out on the leadership journey or whether they feel like, man, I'm in my mid-50s and, you know, is there any hope for me? I'm like, oh, yeah, your greatest days are still ahead of you, but you've got to take steps of faith and you've got to take risks and you cannot bow down to faith. And at times you just got to do some stuff afraid until you're not afraid anymore. So good. Um, You know, I was thinking about this the other day, how we say things like, well, I've done all I can do. I guess I now need to trust God. <laughs> yes. When we should have been doing that first. From the beginning. Because God knows what he's doing. Absolutely. And I think that's what it always comes down to. What happens to us, and I think we can translate this even to our leadership journey, is sometimes when we don't understand anything, or we don't understand something, or when we feel the need to control something and we feel like we're out of control, what happens is... Uh, we often then just get into this panic of a downward spiral rather than understand rather than really comprehending that just because you don't understand doesn't mean you can't trust and so if you operate in your leadership from a place of trust before understanding then when you don't understand you will continue to trust despite what you don't see and I think a lot of what we're seeing at the moment and oftentimes in our leadership journey where we start to go you know we have sleepless nights and 
you know, and then maybe you, people will end up going, okay, well, they'll pop an extra pill, drink an extra glass of wine, somehow try to just take the edge off the anxiety or just think, man, things are out of control, my budgets are out of control, my staff's out of control, this isn't... Ha-. And you, you go, look, if you understand, you actually never were in control. God's mm-hmm. in control. And right now, something might be happening that you don't understand, so how about you lean into trust rather than lean into fear and it always comes back to do you trust the sovereignty of god do you trust the goodness of god do you trust the character of god and if you do trust god you'll continue to walk forward in faith even when you don't understand so good and you know i was actually reading in psalms eighty four twelve. it says blessed is the one who trusts in you that's it so not only do we get to see this whole new part of our life and this whole new perspective that we can have on our life when God works in it but we're going to be blessed always the blessing is a byproduct of it that's where it comes from because our blessing is ultimately rooted and grounded in Christ anyway so if you don't trust in Christ uh, and you don't really if you're not truly rooted and grounded you know blessed is the person who trusts in you Um, otherwise your trust is in your assets your trust is in the things you can control your trust is in your partner your trust is in your position your title what you've accumulated what you've acquired what you've amassed but when you trust in God every spiritual blessings in him anyway therefore that's the source of all your blessing that's the source of all your prosperity that's the source of all your abundance and so if you can just rest I've, I've often at nighttime you know I mean when you've got 15 offices that you are running for a global anti-trafficking organization you got there's always a crisis somewhere there's always something going wrong somewhere there's always a staff issue somewhere you've always got more vision than money wherever you are there's always something going on um on top of that then you know you got two teenage kids there's always something going on uh you're trying to you know just keep your marriage flourishing you've got just life going on i mean it just is life sometimes i'm like you know what the Bible says that God neither never sleeps or slumbers. So it's late. I've done everything I know to do with these budgets. I know everything I know to do. I've prayed. I've fasted. I've led. I've done everything. So the Bible says that God never sleeps or slumbers. Well, there is since he doesn't sleep, there's no point both of us staying awake. So I'm just going to cast my care on him and go, God, you've got this. And sometimes I'll go to Nick, you know what? If you see the devil tonight, tell him I'm going to bed because I'm just done with my night. We're just finished. God's got this. And I think there comes a place where you go, I've got to put my trust in something much more bigger than much bigger than me because uh, no matter how much I think I can control all this, I can't. And so I have to rest in the sovereignty and the grace of God. It's awesome. So good. I think so many people can apply that in their lives. Well, you know, I'm 29 and I know you are very focused on empowering the next generation. What would you say to yourself at 29 if you knew what you know now? Which is awesome, yeah. Well, at 29, I was just getting married. And so, um, you know, it was a, a great season in my life. But I would continue to say to myself, Chris, chill out. Um, I'm fairly intense, in case you haven't noticed, fairly focused. Me in a coma is uh, probably more full on than most people mm-hmm. at their gear, gear, top gear. Um, and so I would still, you know, a lot of what I'm talking to you now about the trusting God and the sovereignty of God is I would have, I would say that to myself, Christine, you can trust God. Um, people are going to let you down, Christine. People are going to hurt you. There's no two ways about it people are going to betray you people that said they'll be with you won't be with you people that said they'll support you won't stay the distance with you but God is always faithful and your God is good Christine and your God does good 
And no matter what happens, he will work all things together for your good and your glory. And that's what I can say, the difference between being 29 and 51. So, you know, you're talking 12, 13 years later, uh, 22 years later, actually, 22 years later um, is I know that I know that to the marrow of my bones, I probably spent too much of my 30s stressed out trying to find that out. Awesome. So in general, what advice would you give young leaders uh-huh. that want to do something great? They want to, or even if you consider yourself young and you're listening to this, they want to do something great for God. What advice would you give them just no matter what season that they're in that can for apply? Sure. I would say don't try to rush the process. Be excellent. Build the best character in yourself that you can. But you've got to understand when it comes to purpose, when it comes to destiny, it's God that opens doors that no man can shut. That promotion does not come from the north, south, east or west. Promotion comes from God and it comes from God alone. And that you have to understand we live in an instant generation. You and I live in an Instagram world. You know, my husband's doing Instagram stories so you can all check those out of us recording this right now. Well, those stories are up as we're recording. So my family and friends in Australia, on the other side of the world, literally within seconds, are seeing what we're doing in this place right now. So that's the era you've grown up in. My own daughters uh, have never known a world without that. They don't know a life without it. I always say, Killer, I'm blessed because I had a leadership and a ministry life before the internet and after the internet. So I actually know of life before there ever was social media. So I didn't need to compare and compete and look at somebody else's life and destiny every day, six times a day on my feed, because it never existed. So we had to trust God. So here's the deal. When I was growing up, Polaroid cameras were invented, which now for you guys, they're just like cool vintage kind of whatever. But when we were growing up, we thought they were radical and revolutionary because I mean, you pressed a button, that little, uh, the little thing came up and I mean, it was all dark and you held it for like six minutes and an image came forward. Now, some people thought this was a sign of the Antichrist, that this was a sign of the end times because look at the technology. Now, my daughters think a little Polaroid camera is so cute and they get bored waiting for the image to come up. They're like, mom, that's awesome. And then Sophia, my youngest, is like, what is, mom, it's not even up yet because by then she's taken a hundred pictures on her Snapchat, a thousand pictures on it. She's uploaded them. Her friends have commented on it. They've all had, you know, they put filters on it. That's the generation. So she she thinks a polar I thought a Polaroid was radical revival in terms of, <laughs> of because I grew up with the dinosaurs and so I grew up in an era where you actually had this thing called camera with film now I know you might not even know what that is but you actually loaded film into a camera then you took it out and you had to intercede in the spirit because you would take that film in an envelope to a Walmart or a Walgreens and then you would pray because you would then cast that into the eternal darkness for two weeks you didn't even know where it went you gave it to someone and for two weeks it went somewhere and anyone that was developing that film well anyone that knows that studies photography you would take that film into what is called a dark room so that room would be closed off that film would go through nine chemical processes literally where you would have to put it through processes so that the image would be forged on what is called a negative, on the negative. Now, if you ever opened that door and allowed the light in to that dark room before that image was forged on that negative, you would destroy every photo. And so what happened was the 
film had to go through all the process. Then you brought the film out and the light that the film was exposed to would never destroy the image that was on it. Because if the light that is on you is greater than the character of Christ that's forged on the inside of you, that spotlight will destroy you. So what we have is a generation because of the social media world and the technological world in which we've grown up in, they think because you can do things instantly. And I mean, nowadays we don't just have Amazon Prime, we've got Amazon now. And I mean, you don't have to even look anything up. You just talk to Siri and you just talk into the atmosphere and suddenly you've got an answer for everything. So we can actually then think as a 20-year-old leader or a 30-year-old leader that I want everything today. I want to get there. But you cannot fast track um, character. You cannot fast track integrity. And the fact is you might get to where you think you want to be really quickly. But if you don't have the character of Christ in you forged on the inside, if you don't have integrity, faithfulness, loyalty, honesty, all the things that are going to keep you there. So maybe your gift will get you in the room but only your character will ever keep you in the room. So, so the testimony isn't that Chris Kane, wow, look how gifted she is as a communicator or a speaker or a preacher or she runs a global anti-trafficking organization or a women's empowerment. The miracle of my life is that 30 years later, I'm still here and people have come and people have got, gone. People are a lot more gifted than me, a lot more talented, but I allowed myself to go into the dark room where the character of Christ was forged in me so that when the spotlight of the world is upon me, that the character in me is greater than the light that is upon me so that I won't, uh, I won't collapse. Because cognitive dissonance is when there is a disparity between your inner world and your external world. And as leaders, sometimes there can be. We can look great on the outside and we can put the right filter on it and we can sell the right product. But if there is a disparity as a leader between your inner world and your external world, your world will collapse. Mm. And that is actually what uh, we want to stop that from doing. So you go, Chris, what would you, what advice? All that is a very long-winded way to say, go through the process. Go through the process. Don't try to fast track it. Don't think you're better than it. Um, don't, don't get cocky. Don't get arrogant. Don't go, I'm getting out of here to go somewhere else where they recognize the gift that is on me. Allow God to forge his character in you and then he will propel you further than you ever thought you could have gone in your own strength so amazing so i know that you have two younger daughters and how are you thinking of empowering the next generation personally as well as towards those that god's placed around you absolutely and you know i feel like i live that every day i i'm um, just like your dad i'm so committed to to leading and uh to seeing my own daughters rise up and be the women of god that god's called them to be and then um, of course, to create pipelines for a generation to come through, which is all, all the work that I do, uh, all my TV program in terms of speaking life to people, um, propel creating pipelines for young women to step up and into their purpose. And of course, A21 with uh, all of our A-teams around the world, literally around the world. Um, my goal is to say, look, anything I have is yours. And I want to create opportunities for young people to step up. And Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So the, to the best of my ability. And so even for me, when it comes to my social media, when it can't, it's, I'm always thinking, is this helping people grow? Is this quenching people or helping people grow, helping people develop? So I think I try to the best of my ability to constantly speak life. I, over my daughters, since they were born, I've always said, you know, Catherine Bobby, you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're a leader and not a follower. You're a woman of God. You're a woman of prayer. You're a Holy Ghost terrorist. You love the house of God and 
you're going to grow up and marry a very, very wealthy Christian man. I've told her since she was born, you know, I just like speak life over them. I tell them you're strong, you're courageous, you're intelligent, you're bold. You can, you can step up into your purpose. I want them to know that they can be anyone God's called them to be. They can do anything God's called them to do. And I want a generation to know. And I think why I'm so candid about my story and especially about my origins of adoption and abuse and abandonment and growing up in a, a poor you know, immigrant community because I want everyone on the planet to know that it doesn't matter how you start, that God can redeem your past and you can start bad and you can finish good in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want everyone on the planet to know you don't have to live as a victim, but you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. I want everyone on the planet to know that your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into your heart the things that God has for you, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could ever ask hope or think so I am committed to seeing a generation rise up and step into their God-given destiny it's amazing so many times during this recording I've wanted to like stand up and like run around the room because I'm like yes that's so good I'm trying to be quiet on my end so that you can finish talking because I'm so excited about what you're saying and thank you so much for being with us today I have one last question and you I don't know if you've ever been asked this question before but if you had the chance to give one piece of advice on anything as if it was your last, what would it, what would it be? Surrender everything to Jesus. That would be it. I would say that to anyone, anyone listening to this, if you haven't yet surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus, that would be my ultimate advice because true surrender, and even if you're a believer, have you surrendered everything? Because it is in the surrendering that the elevating happens. The lower I go, the higher God elevates me. So not only is there salvation, obviously, ultimately in surrender, but the fullness of what salvation is. Salvation isn't just fire insurance in heaven. Salvation is a brand new life today. That's where it begins. So blessing, abundance, prosperity, growth, it all starts with surrender. And I would say life is an ongoing, constant surrender less of me more of him and somehow the trade-off happens when you go low and you surrender he elevates you exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anywhere you could ever hope or think so amazing well would you mind just praying for everybody i'd love just that to. everything we've talked about that god would just do a work in them come on Kila, that's awesome so father i thank you for everybody that's listening to this. Father, we thank you first and foremost for Keith and for his passion and purpose to raise up a generation of leaders and his steadfast commitment to doing that. And then Father, for everyone uh, that's listening to this, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that all of us would continue to yield to you, Father, that we would trust you, that we would discover for ourselves that he who promised is faithful. And Lord, that there would be nothing in us that would settle or stop. Father, I come against a spirit of fear in people's lives in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that we would embrace the adventure of faith. And Father, I ask that you would surprise us, that you would do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could ever ask, hope or think. And Father, that every single person, every one of us, would do all that you've put us on this earth to do and we would be all that you've created us to be for we know it is to our father's great glory that we bear much fruit and lord we want to be incredible fruit bearing people for your glory in jesus name amen amen well if you made it this far in the podcast 
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And God bless you. Don't forget to love fiercely.